What a fun topic. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. My name is Caden Fabrizio. I am your host of what I think is kind of like the best Christian podcast um, on the planet. There's something in my peripheral vision here. Give me one second. It was a oh, it was a little little hair, probably from my dog. Anyway, welcome to the eleventh episode of Questions with Caden. Um, man, I'm excited for today's episode. We are tackling maybe one of the biggest um, questions culturally that people are asking right now. And um, although it is a heavy topic, I believe that it is a topic that. The Holy Spirit is going to reveal so much to us today about um, life and about his purpose for our life and his purpose and design for life in general. Um, and I'm just excited to answer these questions, to get into the big question, is abortion biblical? Um, but before we jump in, we got to go through our stuff that we always go through. First of all, if this is your first time ever clicking on the podcast, I just want to say welcome to Questions with Caden. I'm so glad you chose to click on this podcast today. Um, if you would like, feel free to subscribe to us on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, all the platforms that we're available on. Um, and if you love this podcast, if you are a weekly listener and you're like, I just love this podcast, it encourages me so much. And you believe in what God is doing through this podcast. There's actually an opportunity to partner with the podcast financially and donate. Um, I think there's options from like 99 cents to 499 to like 999. Um, and so if you're interested in donating and helping partner, push the vision forward of this podcast and help support, um, this and me, honestly, this is what I do full time. You can go ahead and donate at anchor.fm slash questions with Caden. Again, that's anchor.fm slash questions with Caden. Also in episode 10, the 10th episode giveaway was announced where you could win a Christine Kane devotional, a Chick-fil-A gift card, the first ever piece of questions with Caden merch, and um, some He Would Love First bracelets. Um, so if you do want to enter into that, the giveaway is still open. All you have to do, I'll put all the stuff you have to do right here. I think it's, I really can't remember fully, but I think it's subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to wherever you listen um, on Listen to your podcast, so Spotify, Apple Pod, Google Pod, whatever it is. Um, follow us on Instagram and then share one of our episodes and you will be entered. Then for additional entries, you can leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast or Google Podcast and you'll get double entries to win. The winner will be announced in the next episode and I'm excited just to get this stuff to you. I think it's going to be really good and you get a piece of merch that I don't even have. It's a really cool hat that I'm not going to show you right now because I'd it's not released yet, but um, you get a really cool hat, and I don't even have it. So <laughs> um, if you're interested, go ahead and do that. It's just a fun way. We're celebrating 10 episodes because um, it's been just crazy to me that I started this podcast, and 10 episodes in, God has done a lot, and I'm just grateful to be able to sit down and do it with you guys every week. Today we are asking the question, is abortion biblical? And we asked this heavy question because of a decision made. Um, in Roe v. Wade this week by the Supreme Court of the United States of America, a good decision, in my opinion, that has allowed power back into the hands of individuals to vote on these topics 
um, and is saying that abortion is not a constitutional right. However, today's conversation is not going to be political. Today's conversation is not going to come from a Republican or Democratic view. It's going to come from a view of being a citizen of heaven, a view of having a biblical, godly understanding of how we are to view the world, how are we to act in the world, and how we are to love the world. And so I'm very excited for this episode, and I'm hoping that um, through a heavy conversation that you still feel loved, you still hear the loving, kind, gentle hand of God as he speaks into your life today about these topics. And before I go any further, I just want to address anybody, if you're pro-choice, if you're pro-life, I love you. No, No matter what your opinion is as we start this podcast— I'm believing God is going to reveal some things to you, but you're loved and you're appreciated and you're beloved to Jesus and to me. Secondly, if you are someone who has had an abortion, who has thought about having an abortion, who is still considering having an abortion, I just want to say I love you. There's no shame. There's no guilt here in this conversation, but there's God's presence of hope and of peace and of provision for you today. So just know, no matter where you stand in abortion, whether it's close to your heart because of something that you've experienced or close to your heart because how much you care about others or the fact that you're passionate about protecting life, either way, just know that you're loved today in this conversation, and this conversation sets on a foundation of the gospel, which is love. So as always, before we jump into the conversation, I want to read our foundational scriptures of the day. And I just want to say this real quick. Let's just be honest. Uh, there's no reason to like not be honest. This conversation isn't like super fun. This talking about abortion is not like is not fun. It's not a cushy topic to talk about. And I would be remiss to tell you that I it was particularly excited or um, joyous about talking about what I believe is one of the darkest things that's happening in our world. But what I am joyous about and what I am excited to talk about is the light in the world that is happening because of Jesus and the hope that we have because of Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about, is abortion biblical? And we're going to give you all the facts, all the science that I could have, that I could read articles about, and all the Bible uh, scriptures and verses that would allow us to have a biblical view of this topic. Our foundational scriptures of the day are Proverbs 139, 13 through 15, out of the message version, and it says, Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration, what a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. In our second verse, you know, we always read two. It's First John 2. 15 through 17 at the NLT version, it says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. 
These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Praise God for eternal life. Come on, somebody. Hey, let's pray, and then let's jump into this. Father, we just thank you so much for this podcast. I thank you for every single listener right now that is listening. God, I just pray right now that you would just bring peace to this conversation, Father. This is a conversation that can bring so many emotions, so many feelings, God. It can be like an emotional roller coaster talking about these things. So, God, I just pray that you would bring peace. You would help me to communicate in peace and love, God, that people would catch revelation of your view on life, God, and when they would do it through your perspective of love. Father, just reveal yourself. Holy Spirit, show up. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Like I said earlier, this conversation is not going to be from a Republican or Democratic view. If if you wanted a Republican um, view of this, I'm sure you've seen it on Instagram. And if you wanted a Democratic view of this, I'm sure you've seen it on Instagram enough thing I think we haven't seen enough, and unfortunately even from some of our pastors, is a view that comes straight from the way that God views the world. Because the reality is, is as believers, we have to view the world through the perspective of God. Like this topic can be super heavy, it can bring a lot of emotion because of what people have walked through, what they see, or even maybe what media is twisting people to think is happening. But the reality is, is in order for us to have a good conversation today and for us to understand the biblical truths about abortion, we have to put our emotions and our feelings aside. We have to put emotion and feeling aside and we have to adopt God's love and we have to adopt his passion for the protection and preservation of life. The Bible says that God created nobody to perish. And as we just read, it says that we were knit together in the womb. From conception to birth, God had a plan for us. So we believe that life starts at conception and that God cares about that life, that it has a purpose before it is even born. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor, helpless, and see that they get justice. And I think the truest thing is that a baby inside of a womb cannot talk. A baby inside of a womb cannot give its feelings, can't give its opinion. It can't even argue that it has purpose. But as believers, when we adopt the perspective of Jesus, we see purpose in everybody. We see purpose in the man on the street. We see purpose in the person we share a cubicle with, with our classmate. We see purpose in our parents. We see purpose in a newborn baby. We see purpose in the baby being formed inside a mother's womb. We see purpose in the, in the drug addict. We see purpose in the mentally ill. We see purpose in the homeless living on the street. Every life we see the purpose that God has given that person because we no longer view the world through our own mind, but through the mind of Christ. We don't view the world through our perspective, but a his. So if we're going to believe that every single life here on earth has purpose, we believe that every single life, even the one just beginning, has purpose. See, the thing about this, of the abortion talk, is that it be particularly frustrating for um, both sides of the argument. However, as believers, we carry a perspective and an understanding and an insight that this fight is not just an earthly fight, 
but this is a fight against principalities of darkness. This fight is demonic and it is dark. And you know how it is? Listen, I'm not the guy that's like, everything's a demon. Like, watch out, everything's a demon. I'm not that guy. But I'm also the guy that says, not be, just because not everything's a demon doesn't mean that some things aren't. And I think that this, this argument, this topic, this movement has a spirit of darkness surrounding it. And you know how you can tell? It's because you can tell by the simplest, simplest way of seeing that people are blinded to the simplest explanations of what abortion is and why we don't want to kill babies. You can talk to somebody that doesn't agree, that has a very intense idea of this statement, and they will not understand or be able to see the truth. They won't be able to see the light of the argument, which is, no, 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 in the simplest form, you can put it and twist it any single way you want. You can say uh, you can say the baby was going to have defects. You can say that the, the woman it was going to be born out of tragedy or rape. You can say that um, the, the woman wasn't ready or she couldn't afford it. Or you can, you can twist it in every single way. But the reality is at the base of the argument, we're killing babies. At the base of the foundation of this argument is darkness. See, Colossians 2.8 says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers, in other words, of darkness of this world, rather than from Christ. I think there's even a few of us that have fallen into believing what other people say, other sides of the arguments, because we're being deceived by the empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense because it sounds good. But the reality is a lot of things sound good, but just because they sound good doesn't mean they're from God. You ever heard the saying, like, not every good thing is a God thing? Just because these things coddle our emotions doesn't mean that it's good. What's good is the preservation and protection of life. Why? Because your life, my life, an unborn baby's life, a mother's life, all have value. And that leads me to kind of my second point, or maybe a question that we would hear often in this argument for abortion. And a lot of people say, hey, what about women's bodies? And there's a lot of people right now that are saying, I don't know if you've seen this on Instagram, or maybe you believe this, that um, there's women saying and believing that they have less rights now than their mothers did before them. Now quickly, this is not a political conversation, but let me just clarify what Roe v. Wade did. The overturn of Roe v. Wade took out the constitutional right of abortion federally. It put back the power into the, the hands of the state, allowing everybody, pro-life and pro-choice voters, to have more power in their own states. So actually, it gave back power to people that didn't have it in the first place. Like We didn't have a say. When something's in the Constitution, you don't have a say over it. Um, but once it's taken out of the Constitution and it now goes back onto the state level, we have some say now um, through voting into what we want to see in our states happen. So when people say, what about a woman's body? I like to ask, what about the woman inside the woman's body? What about that little cute little baby inside the woman's body? Maybe it was a female as well. The Bible makes it really clear that another body is being knit inside of a woman's womb. It's actually an amazing miracle, and I think it's something that the world has maybe taken away from women is the fact that they have this superpower, this anointing, this privilege to be able to create life within themselves and to birth human beings that carry purpose, that carry the love of Jesus into this world. Like what a gift that God has given us and a gift that women have that men don't have. Except 
the world is starting to villainize it and make us not realize what a gift it actually is. And when people ask, you know, what about a woman's body? I, I genuinely care about women and their bodies. Like, I have a sister. I have a mother. I care so much about women and the protection of women. I care so much about the protection of women that I actually argue that abortion is not just the killing of a baby, but it is the des- destruction of a woman. I'll prove it to you. A 2011 study published in the British Journal of Psychiatry reported that there were dramatic changes in mental health in women who had an abortion. The study examined medical information from 877,000 women, of which 164,000 have had an abortion. The women who had an abortion were 81% more likely to experience mental health struggles. They were 34% more likely to develop an anxiety disorder. 37% more likely to experience depression, 110% more likely to abuse alcohol, 155% more likely to commit suicide, 220% more likely to abuse marijuana, 155% more likely to commit suicide, not just 100%, but over 100% more likely to commit suicide. The killing of a baby inside of them, the unnatural, I would argue, killing of someone's own child can result in the destruction and mental deterioration of a woman because it's unnatural. It's not what God designed. It's completely out of the will of God. And so much of what we do in this world is outside of the will of God. But this thing outside of the will of God is physical, like some other things. Is physical and starts to destroy from the inside out. So when I hear the argument, what about a woman's body? I think to myself, yeah, what about a woman's body? What about the protection of their mind? What about their future? What is abortion stealing from them and taking from them? Now, a third question that is actually a really hard question to answer, and I've heard a lot of sides to a lot of this, and I'm just going to keep this very simple, and maybe we'll dive into this a little bit more. But the question you often hear about abortion to try and justify abortion is what if it's a baby born out of rape or tragedy? And simply, I would just say this. I would say one evil, rape, does not negate another evil, murder. It doesn't. Every life, even the ones born out of tragedy, have a purpose. And I'm not saying even that a woman who was raped, which is a small percentage of the instances of abortion. It does happen, but it is a smaller percentage of the instances. I'm not even saying that carrying that baby that came from rape would be easy. But I'm saying as believers, we have to believe that even that baby has purpose. And maybe that baby would grow up to be a hero one day. Maybe that baby would grow up to actually fight the exact thing, the darkness in the world, the tragedy that it came from. And we, when we see tragedy, we actually get to see an instance of Jesus, the glorification of Jesus that we, don't, uh, that we don't often get to see, which is how God turns something evil, something awful, and turns it good. And how much more is taking something bad and then turning it into life, turning it into a blessing, turning it into a person with purpose? And I understand the stickiness of that, this argument in that situation, but I would say out of, a, out of a biblical perspective, again, we fight for life, even life born out of tragedy. Now, fourthly, the last thing I hear is when people say, actually, someone DM'd me this. They were like, hey, if you're so Christian, um, why, don't, why doesn't the church do better? And I have written down in my notes, the church has to do better, dot, dot, dot. Does it? 
See, for years, the churches and Christian organizations have provided pregnancy and parenting services, given and helped fund pro-life organizations and resource centers, and encouraged people to adopt and participate in foster care. A Barna Research Institute has found that practicing Christians are more than twice as likely to adopt as the general population. Furthermore, these findings also showed that practicing Christians were more likely to adopt older children, children with special needs, and other children considered hard to place or not valuable enough to adopt by the world standards. See, I think maybe as Christians, maybe the the thing is that we we need to do better, but perhaps we just need to love better. 1 John 4.16 says we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. See, I think we could fight the darkness of abortion with the goodness of God, which is love. I think we could fight the heartbreaking reality of the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of babies a year being killed with love. I think maybe the church has to do better and by the church i don't mean the organization i mean maybe you sitting in the seat on a sunday needs to do a better job of loving your pro-choice friends maybe we need to do a better job of hearing that there's a woman who needs help and we bring into our house maybe that's the thing we need to do better in because clearly we've done better in organizations and churches and adoption and all these things but maybe we're still lacking the ability to let god's love infiltrate the heart of man see we gotta love our pro-choice friends and we gotta love the differing arguments and the different sides and the beliefs but we don't have to believe what they believe and i know a lot of the times it's like we fall into this trap of like but i want to be inclusive like how are how are people going to feel loved if i'm not inclusive of them but the reality is, is the gospel message was never meant to be inclusive it was meant to be intrusive The gospel message is meant to kindly and lovingly intrude the deepest and darkest and sinful areas of our manhood, of our hearts, and begin to intrude those areas and pick them apart piece by piece, healing, mending, bringing hope and transformation to help these people walk into a life of freedom, fullness and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. Come on, somebody. The gospel message was meant to be intrusive, to intrude the dark places of humanity. And if we're too worried about being inclusive all the time, if we're too worried about, hey, this conversation about abortion, about me saying like, this is not what God has for us. Abortion is not God's plan. It's not God's will. It's not the goodness of God being manifested on earth. If I don't say that, then I'm not, the gospel message is not able to intrude into the hearts of man. To allow Holy Spirit to begin to do what he does best from the inside out, transform, renew minds, change hearts. See, I think a lot of times people say like, you know, no, Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners all the time. And he just hung out with them. But Jesus didn't eat with tax collectors and sinners to be inclusive. He ate with them to lovingly intrude. He, he was around them to call them higher, to call them up, to call them into a life of freedom and fullness, to call them into a life that produced good fruit, love. Jesus was never in a room to be inclusive. He was in a room to be lovingly intrusive. And I think for us, we know the answer to the question, is abortion biblical? No. The destruction of human life is not biblical. 
the preservation and protection of it is. The belief that every life has purpose is biblical. But I think today, one of the other things we can take from today is that the intrusive, lovingly intrusive gospel of Jesus needs to be spoken and, and stood on with integrity, uh, pushed forward with love. In 1 John, it says that actually loving one another pushes out darkness. That actually the forces of darkness can't stand against love. That perfect love drives out fear. And I think when it comes to abortion, so much of the people that are aborting children are doing it out of fear. Fear that they can't afford the kid. Fear that they'll be judged. Fear of this. Fear of that. Fear. And they allow this fear to lead them into a decision. But what if as believers, our perfect love that was manifested from Jesus and the Spirit of God living inside of us was able to actually drive out that fear. And we were able to come alongside some people and go, hey, no, 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 we got you. Oh, no, 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 this church offers this resource and this resource and this resource and this resource. And I guarantee you, if you go to your church, they offer resources. And I would encourage you to know those resources so when this does happen, you can help someone in need and, and lead them to those resources. But I think today... The topic of abortion was important. I'm basically done. But it's a topic that we're talking about a lot in the world. And you're hearing a lot of different perspectives. And we're even seeing some believers and Christian leaders, unfortunately, err on the side of the protection of the argument, the protection of a woman's body that I completely, hopefully dismantled just now. (laughs) But also out of the desire to not lose what they've built or the desire to please man or the desire to try and see both sides, we've kind of allowed ourselves to fall off in the upholding of truth. Not everyone, that's a blanket statement, but I think as believers, we just have to be okay with lovingly telling people, hey man, I, I disagree with you. Like, hey man, I, I believe in life. And I think the best thing we can do is simplify the arguments, all of them across the board and just go, hey, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. But I believe in life. And I believe in your life. I believe in my life. I believe in a woman's life. And I believe in a baby's life. And I believe in that life. And I believe in what that life's purpose is. And I believe in that life meeting Jesus. And I believe in protecting it. I believe that it, at the very least, deserves to be protected and provided for. And it's okay if you can't do it, but maybe keep it, keep the baby so that you can give it to someone who, who would lovingly protect and care for it. That's maybe more resourced or able to at the moment. Again, I want to say this to anybody that is listening that has had an experience with an abortion, that has had an abortion, that is thinking about having an abortion. First of all, let me speak to the person that's had an abortion. I love you. And Jesus loves you so much. He does not look down on you. He's not ashamed of you. He's not mad at you. If anything, he actually wants you to come to him so that he could comfort you. So that little pain that you've had inside. Maybe you're struggling with mental illness. Like I said, you're, that this, the, the research says you're more likely to experience. That God wants to provide healing, protection, provision, comfort, peace to you. In a relationship where you can have love and walk out of shame or condemnation, but into victory with him. You're loved, and if that's you and you're like, hey, 
I have had an abortion and I've struggled with it. Just know that if you give it to Jesus and you ask for forgiveness and then you ask for peace and comfort, that what God can birth out of that will be beauty. Maybe it's opportunities to speak to other women, to love on other people, to speak, to have enough experience to speak into the topic biblically. But either way, whatever it is, you're loved, you're seen, you have an amazing future in front of you. To anybody that is considering an abortion, that is walking through something that maybe you got pregnant and you're scared, or maybe you said, I made a mistake one time and I got pregnant, I don't know how to deal with it. There are so many resources available to you to help walk you through pregnancy. Just know this, that no matter what people say or what people believe, that Jesus is proud of you, he loves you, he's for you. And if he's for you, nobody can be against you. And there's tons of resources for you. Um, I'm going to link a few in the description below if you're interested in those resources on you need help raising the kid, you need help um, provision while you're pregnant, you need prenatal care, you need postnatal care, you want to put the baby up for adoption. There's so many resources for you that um, I'm going to put as many as I can in the description below. Um, and I just want to say this. I love you guys so much. And I hope that this conversation today brought clarity maybe brought some power to you to be able to stand up in your own conversations to say like, hey, when you're in a conversation with a bunch of friends that are um, pro-choice, you can say, I don't agree and have a little bit of confidence and um, some biblical backing to be able to stand up in those conversations and lovingly intrude those places and conversations. Hey, uh, this conversation was heavy, but I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Um, the, The topic's heavy. But the solution is light. And the Bible says that um, we carry a burden, but Jesus' yoke is light. And it's easy. And so when we carry these things, we can cast them on him and and take on his easy yoke. And so um, we're just going to do that now. I think the best thing to do right now would be to pray and then to close this podcast. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this episode, God. We thank you so much for your provision in the way you spoke today, God. I just pray encouragement over anybody that listens, Jesus. I just pray that this was a peaceful, loving and lovingly intrusive conversation to somebody's heart today, God. That maybe minds were changed, hearts were transformed, or maybe even simply people were empowered to stand in your truth in a world that hates it. So God, I pray right now that you would empower believers. Holy Spirit, would you spark courage and bravery into the listeners today, Jesus? And would you give them a double portion of your love, God, so that they could pour it out into others? We love you so much, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Next week's episode, we have an amazing guest, Grace Valentine, coming on the podcast. We're talking about What Will They Think, which is her new book coming out. And um, we're going to be answering the question um, and talking a little bit about pressures of outside world and opinion. And it's awesome. We already filmed it. I loved it. Grace is amazing. And you're going to really want to listen to this episode. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe, share, rate the podcast, share it with somebody that you think would be encouraged by today's conversation, um, and know that you are loved so much. Love you. See you in the next one. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.